On tonight's show, we have Afro instructor and actress, Lonnie Grant. And now, for your host, Cool Cars. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 124 of the Kicking It With Cool Car Show. We are always here every Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, kicking it with your boy Cool. You never know who I might have, so please, tell a friend, tell a friend, tune in. We're trying to bring you value here. We do this for you. Can't do it without you, all right? There's a lot of people out there that don't know what they need to know, and we're just here to provide that for them without a fee, without a cost. This is free. My time. You know what I mean? Your time. Let's do it for each other. I, I have great guests that come on here that have great testimony, stories, experience, all the tools that you need to do whatever it is that you're trying to do. And I've had 124 people, including tonight, come on here. So I know somebody has covered a topic that you have an interest in or a profession that you have an interest in. So you can't tell me. You can't get some value out of this, all right? So last week, we had Chris Smiley. He is the owner of the Stick Fit Clothing Company, clothing brand. He had an amazing testimony. He, he's a, a cancer survivor, battled cancer two years straight, man. He came out on top. He's really thriving, doing his thing. You guys, make sure you check him out. Check his clothing brand out. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty much built around fitness. That's his life. That's his lifestyle. He's trying to stay healthy, trying to stay out the hospitals. Uh, so, yeah. Go, go support him. Good cause, good brother, very good brother. I'm telling you, the testimony is crazy. You gotta, you gotta check it out. All right. You can stream it also on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. If you don't watch videos, I know some people don't like to watch videos, but here I am. All right. But I got you covered. I got the audio versions for you guys. But tonight, tonight I have an author. I have a motivational speaker. I have the Acro Queen. Every man, listen, she does it all. She goes by the name of Lonnie Grant. She has an amazing testimony, too, that I can't wait to get into. You guys are gonna love it. Check her out, y'all. I'm gonna bring her in with this nice, warm welcome. How I like to do it, and we're about to kick it. Let's get it. Grant, ladies and gentlemen, she is joining your boy tonight. She came by to kick it, give her testimony, talk about how she's the acro queen. We're going to get into all of that. Did I miss anything? Author, motivational speaker, acro actress. queen, actress. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to check you out, too, on the screen. We're going to check you out. I got a little, I got you, got your reel. We're going to check you out a little later. But uh, <laughs> but I'm just so thankful that you're here, giving me your time, uh, willing to uh, be transparent. You know, like I said, I do this for the people. I do it for them to get some value. I know you got a lot to offer. You know, we, we dived in a little bit about what you got going on and just your, your past and everything. So I know, I know you're great for this show. So it was meant to be. So thank you. Yes. Thank yes. you. Yes, yes. Now, I do like to start my shows off with a prayer. Are you okay with that? I love it. All right. Got to gotta have your blessings. I know everybody don't have the same faith. You know what I mean? But, yes. Yeah. All right, let's get it. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we just thank you for just waking us up this morning. We thank you for life. We thank you for love. We thank you for Lonnie coming on the show, just lending us her time. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, her story, Lord Jesus, we just thank you for us to come here and have a great conversation, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, and just be amongst good energy and positivity and love. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for just clothes, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, and just all the great things that you give us, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus. We, we thank you for the ups and downs and the smiles and frowns, Lord Jesus. We wouldn't know better. If we didn't see that, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, and experience these things. And we just thank you for bringing us through. We just give you all the victory, all the glory, all the love, all the praise. In the name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen, sister. 
I, 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 I love the word. Yes. Oh, yeah. Gotta have that word. Gotta start it out right. You know what I'm saying? You start it right, it's going to continue to be right. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's only right. So, Acro Queen. Acro Queen. We, I don't want to dive too deep into that because I want to kind of get, like, I want to get into where you came from, you know, and what made you who you are today and where you are and being able to pour into other people. But why do they call you the Acro Queen? So, um, I just, my background is dance. Okay. So, um, I teach acrobatics and contortion. Okay. And I just, I'm always a believer that whatever you do, put your all into it. So I got into acrobatics and became like the guru. So I started naming myself the queen because some of my parents would say, hey, queen, Girl, you the queen of this, and then it just took off. That's so that's, that's where it came from. And and you started this. Did you just start this out here in Atlanta? Because I know you're in Atlanta now. You said you're from DC. No, I've been teaching for 15 years. Oh shit! Yeah, girl, you are. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny though because even though I'm out here, I still teach all my classes virtually. Oh yeah, that's right. I did see that. I'll check I out don't website. teach in person. Okay. I mean, but it's you know what? And I, actually, that's convenience though, because everybody has a busy life. I know you got a busy schedule. They have a busy schedule. It helps because they don't have to drive their kids back and forth. Like, man, yeah, that's a smart business model. Very Good look, the power of the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But in and like for you. I mean, I can't speak for you, but I'm pretty sure it helped out a little bit because in the pandemic, you get more clients because now you can teach people wherever they are in the world. All over. And see, I was in person paying overhead, doing all of that. And I was about to do a tour. And next thing you know, the pandemic happened. That's why right. I call it the plan because it plan in place. Right. And now I got kids from mostly all the states. Wow. That's amazing. I have a cousin, she does fitness and it just blew up for her. It blew, it blew up right up from her. the comfort of your home. Right from the comfort of your home, man. And she like, yeah, it, it just blew up for her. And she, cause at first she was like, cause I had her on here too, I interviewed her or whatever. She was like, yeah, at first I was kind of like, dang, what am I going to do? And she's like, you know what? There's always Zoom. So she started marketing from cause her, you know, her, 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 her clients love her. So they're going to go with her. You know what I'm saying? So all she had to do was just reach out and say, Hey, I'll go on virtual, tell people to sign up for the class. And then she was smart. She was like, I'm doing $10 classes. It ain't going to hit you over the head. It's the, you know, it's a pandemic, whatever. And it just blew up for her. So now she's traveling, doing whatever, and, and still teaching her classes. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's beautiful. So, okay. Yeah. So I want to get to the nitty gritty real quick. And um, because... Now you're able to pour into these young girls, and I know you you focus on young black queens pouring. You yeah. Know, somebody got to do it. You know what I mean? Somebody got to do it. Everybody don't do that. So every, somebody got to do it. So you're pouring into them, but I know you come from a, a place in time where you needed someone to pour into you. You had to. Yeah. You needed someone to pour into your cup for you to be able to get to where you are now to pour into somebody else. See, you care to touch on that? Oh, absolutely. So. Um, again, everybody, I am from Washington, D.C., born and raised, grew up in the projects of Southeast D.C. And one of the things that really brings me joy is we had a village. So some of you guys out there may can relate. And back in the day, we had villages where, you know, the next door neighbor could say something to you if you was out of hand without oh, yeah. anybody acting a fool. Yes, so true. it didn't matter if your mother was out there on drugs or the dad was incarcerated, the village in that community took care of you. So that's how I model my program because I had the Boys and Girls Club. I had parks and recreation where we had the activities. No, our parents didn't have a lot of money or grant. For me, it was my grandmother who raised me. She didn't have no money. She was taking, she had all her grandbabies. Right that she was taken care of, but it was those people who were inside of the rec center 
who had those programs, those dance programs, the cheerleading programs, the basketball, who gave us, the kids in the community and the projects, an opportunity to be great. So that's where my love came from. Yes, indeed. And, And I do understand that you, at some point in time, you were homeless, right? Yeah, and that goes into like my later part, okay. and and I can touch on that. And one of the things that I realized about that what led me there was basically trauma. You know, for myself, I grew up in again the projects, and I had a lot of childhood trauma based on my mom um, abandonment because she had drug issues and addictions, and. I was forced to live with my grandmother, grew up there where the household was very toxic, um, went through a lot of different abuse in that home. So growing up out of that, even though I became a little bit more successful going to college, Mm. I still had that path that led me to getting fired from my job. That's what led me to being homeless. And when I look back on it, because I wasn't healed, I didn't know how to take, um, you know, advice from people or when management would say something, my mouth would bite, but that was coming from trauma. Yeah, yeah, just protecting yourself. Yeah, because I grew up fighting, every time I fighting. Yeah, that's what it boils down to. You grew up, you grew up fighting and that's what you know. And that's that's instinctive. Soon as somebody says something to you that makes you feel like you gotta put your guard up, and it may not come out the way it should come out, but hey, that's what it is. I mean, when you back that's up, you got your back is. against the wall, you're just swinging, you know, so to speak. So yeah, I get it. Yeah, wow. and it, and that's why I tell people what you what you don't heal, it reveals. Mm-hmm. It reveals, and e- even though we say, oh, well, it only happened when I was six. It happened when I was 12. Yeah, it happened there, but you're 26. You're 30 now, but you're still six. Mm-hmm. You know, your yeah. age is age, but you still acting where the trauma took place. So when you at that job and that supervisor or that colleague say something, you acting six because it never was touched on what took place, what happened, and is it really them that you're responding to? So I had to check myself and say, hey, I wasn't responding to him. I was responding to the uncle that abused me. Right. Wow. You know, and it caused me to be homeless. And I lived in a shelter where I had to end up giving up my kids to stay with their dad for five months. Mm. I know that had to be tough, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a cost to not being healed. Yeah, for sure. And, and and people always say it, like, you know, if you don't let go of that anger, then you let you give them control over you. And they really do still have control of you after they've gone on and lived their life and probably not even thinking about you. And they're controlling your destiny. You. They're controlling your future because you haven't healed. You haven't given yourself the time to explore those feelings. Or sometimes you don't even want to rehash them, so you you, you don't heal. But it, but it comes a time, something, you know, another traumatic, you know, situation forces you to heal, forces you to explore that, forces you to be like, you know what, I got to do better. I got to overcome this or I won't overcome. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. That is so deep. And so when you got out of that, okay, so what, though, so from that point on, what led you to getting into dance or were you always into dance? So I was always into dance. So even though I had my law, because I was in law enforcement, so that's where I um, lost my job from. So I was in law enforcement, but on the side, I was still teaching at the Boys and Girls Clubs, the the Recreation Center teaching dance. And even doing it at the shelter, had the kids downstairs, you know. So my gift kept going everywhere. Yeah. You know, and, and I tell people, even though I was not excited about, of course, going to the shelter, having to go through all of that, but there was a lesson in there that I it God had to show me that homelessness didn't look like what I thought. 
So when we think of homelessness as the person that's standing in front of in the store begging or on the street corner, that's not what I've seen in the shelter. I've seen working class women who lost their jobs. Right. I've seen, you know, women who was in domestic violence um, relationships and had to do what they had to do yeah. to leave. You yeah. know, so it showed me what I thought. It was people in there with degrees. People were yeah. leaving, going to their jobs, but just fell on hard time. So God had to show me, like, oh, you you thought it was just that. Right. Oh, I'm gonna put you in here, and then I'm gonna use you as a vessel to be able to speak to these women. Man, so. I end up being in my room, being a speaker for them and motivating them to push. I'm so glad that you are saying that and speaking those words because I hear so many people, you know, they see people on the streets. And like you said, that's all they think of when they hear homelessness and they speak down on them and they say, oh, you need to get off your lazy butt, go get a job. This ain't after you drinking your life away, whatever. You're still on drugs, whatever. Right. That's one that's one aspect of it. That's not that's but that's not the whole playing field, right? You got good, hard working people who just fall on hard times that are in the shelter. Like you said, getting up, going to work, still got a purpose, trying to dig themselves up out of that hole. So when I hear people say them negative comments as a whole, you know what I mean? As a whole of homelessness, it, it pisses me off. Because yes, there are some people out there who got themselves there and don't want to even get up out of that hole. You know, they just going to drink it away. They're, you know, no hope, whatever. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with them. But there's some people that's out there that's strung out, probably got no family, and they're really not trying to make things better for themselves. There are those people, yes, but not all. So when they read yeah. them comments, man, I just be like, oh, wh who raised you? <laughs> like, what? what? You know what I mean? Like, some people don't know because yeah. of what you see and what you hear. Yeah. It's almost, it, you have to even have worked there or you end up being a resident there. Where again, women from other states who were sent there, because again, they in certain type of programs that with domestic violence, or um, I, I knew somebody who was sleeping under me who had a house fire right. and didn't have a family. Yeah. They, a house fire yeah. caused them to be homeless. Not she wasn't doing what she was supposed to do. Right. She wasn't on drugs. She had a house fire with no family and she needed a place for her and her three kids. Man, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So I'm what humble you? It will humble you. Ooh, it yeah. will humble you. Yeah. You know what? And, and at the end of the day, though, you know, those people I was speaking about, what happened to just having a kind heart and empathy, even for the people who are out there on their behind, still drinking and whatever, right? Because those people, they have a sickness. It's an, yeah, that yeah. addiction is no joke. Right, they have a sickness. And maybe they can't get the help that they need. Maybe they're running from the help. But at the end of the day, they still need empathy. They still need love. You know what I mean? So I just don't, I don't yeah. understand where that comes from or how you have that in your heart to say things like that, you know? Even if you don't want to give them anything, at least speak some kind words. Maybe that's all they need to yeah. hear. Maybe that's all they need to hear to be like, you know what? I got to put this bottle down and get my life together. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it just take one person. Yeah. One person to be kind at them. One person to really see them. How about that? One person to just stop. Stop from what they're doing on their mission or wherever they're going and just see them. Because a lot of these it's people cool, aren't yeah. seen. We, we, you know, and we all guilty of it. You know, we busy, we walking and we just pass them by. Don't even acknowledge them. Don't even know? acknowledge. Not even acknowledge. Like, like you a piece of trash on the street. So yeah. all it, and it's some people that work there that, that treat you any type of way or stereotype you. Because I had that to happen to me. And, you know, when I was on a panel fight to get housing, to get out. I was instantly judged on a panel. Wow. And when they when they seen my resume, my resume had more experience than the people the panelists. <laughs> and they were looking at me and I'm saying, but they treated me so some type of when I was dressed, I had my car outside. They ain't know none of this. Right. I walked in there, they had already sized me up. 
you know, had told me about their program and how they was going to help me do, oh, you going to get into our GED program? I said, baby, I have a degree. Justice. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, you going to have to go to this type of um, program. And if you don't, you in violation. And I'm sitting there saying, I already work. I just started a new job. I'm a whole, I'm, I'm, I'm what you guys do. I, I'm a caseworker. I was a case. I got hired. My supervisor didn't even know I was living in a shelter. Wow. It wasn't supposed didn't to. Didn't even know. know. Wasn't, wasn't supposed, supposed to. to. Right. Wasn't supposed to because you was handling your business. You were doing what you were supposed to be doing. And I knew that this wasn't a forever. Yeah. So a lot of times people get in these situations. And for those of you that are listening, you may be in a situation where Again, things do not look the best. Yeah. Housing is gone. You keep pushing is is if you know it's a tomorrow. Yeah. You don't, you know, because some women would sit in a room and they would literally sit there as if there was no better days coming. Wow. And I refused to do that. I got up. I would, you know, go to work out looking for jobs until I found the job. And when I got the job, I said, okay, it's time to get out of here. Where some people have been there for months, years. So don't let that be you, you guys. You're in it, but keep moving. Keep yeah. moving as if you can see your future. Yeah, absolutely. You're in it, but don't let it get in you. You know what Don't I'm let saying? it get in you. Don't let it get in you, for real. Just let that thing swirl around you and just put a smile on your face and be like, you know what, this ain't it. <laughs> this ain't it. I know. This ain't it. And you gotta keep dreaming because even yeah. though that panel panelist acted the fool, I got another interview, and this shifts into almost where I'm at now. I end up getting um, an interview with a housing, a transitional housing. It was a three-year program, mm -hmm. and when they came and interviewed me, the lady was like, "When can you move in our program?" We need people in our program who, again, just don't have this way messed up story like they don't want help. Right. They're, they're not looking for help. They're just looking for a handout. Yeah. You have a job. You just need to get out of this situation. Right. Get your kids. I came in, got a three bedroom, got my kids. It was over. They, once they knew I was into dance. Their board said, oh, you're into dance. Would you like to own your own dance company one day? I said, I do. They set me up with one of the board of directors over a dance company and allowed me to intern there for a year. Man, look at God. Look at God. And that's all you got to do. It keep going. Because I was willing. Yes. I came with an open heart. I came in that program saying, okay, yes, I just came from here, but this is not my end story. Right. And I just worked and I worked and worked. And I'm their success story that I go back to help them to get more funding. So they use me as an example and come back and do my testimonial because now my daughter has gone places. She has been, um, she's a dancer, been a part of Debbie Allen program. They helped pay to send her to LA. My son was in Young Marines and karate. They're like, you just made a, like a whole turnaround. I said, cause I knew that shelter wasn't my life. Yeah. I just need to get out of the walls. Yes. Yes, indeed. Oh man, that's amazing. So, so you got your start your intern and then after that how long how long after that did you start your institute so i literally i started from there maybe eight months into the internship okay. i started at this after school program they brought me into the school i started there had the kids coming to aftercare training them i was like oh my god this is happening and then I found the place that was near in DC, rented out there, then opened the dance studio. All of the board members from this housing program came oh, to wow. the to my open house. 
They couldn't believe it. Well, they could believe it because they was like, <laughs> we know you have been on fire from the time we interviewed you at the shelter. Oh, and man. and they this 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 organization is still a part of my life. Watch me transition. Here it is. I've been out that program since 2010 or 11. Mm. And they have watched my kids. They're still in my kids' life because my daughter in college, and they have given her scholarships, and they have just watched me just transform. That's amazing. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Why acro? Why acrobatic dancing? Um, because it's us, one of the hardest genres. And give me, yeah, give us some background on that. Okay, so you guys, let me tell you. When I was a kid, like any of you, probably like back in the day, we flipped. Mm -hmm. When we would get outside, we didn't have no instruction. We didn't have no gymnastics. We didn't have nothing, none of that. We just flipped. We fell, we got a cast on, and we came back and did it again. We yep. flipped out of the, we, we was on the monkey bars. We were flipping out of the swings. That was our gymnastics. Yep. That's all of us. All the boys that was in the neighborhood, they was back flipping. We would get an old mattress and we would be flipping nothing. Just flipping, having fun, doing what kids know how to do. Yep. So flipping and stunting, I loved it. So when I found that there was actually arena, an arena for it, like a genre, and it was called acrobatics, I said, sign me up. I want to do that. And the fact that it was a hard genre, and I based it off of my life where my life was hard, but I right. made it. Yeah. So I said, God, put me in the arena where there's not a lot of me. So literally coming down to Atlanta, I'm the fourth certified um, acrobatic instructor down here in the only black. Mm. Wow. That's what's up. So I'm, 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 I'm all about find a lane and dominate. dominate. My life has been hard, so I'm going to pick the hardest genre and dominate. Yes, indeed. On that note, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to a clip of you doing your thing with your institute, so people can kind of get it. Yes. Yeah. Let's get to that. Okay. Remember what I told you: be your own boss, love yourself, get up and dance, level up. <laughs> kind of like a mix between acrobats back got some ballet stuff going on in there right yeah okay yeah so you so that's what acro dance is is based off of a technical so you have your jazz technique in there your ballet technique contemporary lyrical in there but you're using it with your tricks and you could in your body as okay. well so mm -hmm. yeah so you, you don't see as many African-American girls doing it yeah. as much as other um, race doing it. So that's why I wanted to come in. And I basically started this hashtag to say black girls do acro. You know, mm, okay. they can come in a room and dominate too. They can have the flexibility as well. They can do the tricks and it be clean and not all over the place. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. How do you market yourself? Do you is it more word of mouth now or yeah, word of mouth? Yeah. Definitely word of mouth. <laughs> and Instagram, social media ads work. Yeah. Um I'm I'm a queen at the at marketing. I I do not play with my Instagram. I, I'm I'm posting. I, I post three times a day. I see that. I see you on there. 
see you. Oh yeah, I don't play. That's how I eat. I can't play the. I can't play about how I eat. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I see you. I, and I saw. Well, when it came time to uh, do the interview, and I'm like, man, where is she at? Because you know I had your other Instagram. And I'm looking for you. <laughs> I'm looking for you. I'm like, oh, where is she at? And I was like, she got to be on Facebook. And I found you on there. And he was like, oh, this, this, that, and the third is my other one. I'm like, oh, okay. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be back in May May 1st. I'll be back. Take your time. Take your time. I was like, I need to. A... <laughs> I get it. I, I took this weekend off. I can't take that, you know, because I do the show every week. So I can't. But yeah. Like, yeah, the weekends, I'm going black. I can't, man. I'm telling yeah. you. It, it, I, I, I tell everybody that talks about Instagram or social media, if it wasn't for this and acting, mm-mm, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be on there. I would not mm-hmm. be on there. I'd just be living my life for real. Yeah, because <laughs> you can really just disconnect. And it's, it's a lot that goes into just being on the social media platforms. Yeah. It's great for business, right? Mm-hmm. But it can consume you. And I always tell people, take the necessary um, mental health breaks that you need because if yeah. you don't, it will consume you. Yeah, yeah. It's addicting, all that. Yeah. You know, as hard as you try not to scroll, you're going to catch yourself doing it a little bit, you know? And as soon as I catch myself, I'll be like, let me get off here. I didn't post it. I didn't do what I to do. Yeah. I'll be back in a couple of hours to go post again. But I can't scroll. And then I got people sending me stuff like memes and stuff all day. And I'm just like, man, I can't get caught up from this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It just be too much. It's it, too much. It is too much, man. So, yeah, take your breaks. Are you on TikTok? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm on TikTok, y'all. I'm on TikTok. I'll be on there. You got to be on there. Yeah, TikTok. I really love TikTok, right? You know, so I'm on there doing a few, of, you know, my acting stuff, showing my reels and mm-hmm. and the kids. So it's a c- combination. Okay. Are you are doing this? Are you a contortionist? Not anymore. Not anymore. Okay. So you got to. I'm still right? flexible in certain things like the back bends and all of that. So yeah. So you probably have seen some of the videos, the headstands. I can still do the, a lot of those. Okay. I don't flip as much as I used to. Um, I'm trying to get back there because I used to always be flipping somewhere, but now I just focus on being an educator because yeah. their parents ain't paying to see me. They pay him <laughs> Right, right. And and I, I heard you had a you got a book out, right? How did you yes. segue into that? How did, how did that come about? So I've been wanting to tell my story about me growing up. Okay. Um coming from childhood trauma. So the name of the book is called Beauty After Broken, The right. Girl in the Mirror. And it's basically an image of my my little self looking in the mirror and what that was like growing up. Um, those of you out there that may have had parents who were um, addicted to some type of drugs or maybe it was alcohol and you grew up with that. And it, it's tough. It's really tough. And then it's tough when you come into the world with that addiction you know, my, my mom was on a strong drug and she had four kids and all of us came in to the world with a lot of different delays because of her addiction. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and you don't realize how long term it affects the way you do everything. Yeah. It's, it's, it's in your body. It's, you know, right. as yeah. much as you say like, oh, it don't, it's still in your body. It's in your DNA. Senior DNA. Yeah, yeah. Anything, man. Listen, yeah. Anything she consumes is going right to you. It's going right to you. It right really to you. is. Where can everybody find the book? Where can they purchase the book? Um, Amazon, you guys. Again, it is um, twelve dollars, okay. and it is Beauty After Broken: The Girl in the Mirror. Okay. All of her links, by the way, are in the description. So you guys go check that out. Support that. You gotta get you gotta the book. Huh. It's so amazing, you guys. You got to get the book. Yeah. I really show you the different dynamics of, you know, what childhood trauma looks like. Because, again, we do have people 
that will take you in, but then at home is not always good. You know, so I know we have people always that say, well, I took you in and why I had to do this, but that doesn't mean that it was a healthy environment right. and it wasn't healthy. Right. What does it mean that there was love in there? At all. You just, you did what you had to do. Yeah, you, you, just, and, took, you just took me out of the streets pretty much and fed me and put all the love and the care and the, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, go, it happens every day, you know. Every day. every day. Somebody's living that right now, you know. I've, I've been in situations like that myself. You know, I didn't live in that situation, but I've known people in that situation, you know, and I'm just like, man, I, I don't get it, you know. But I guess it's not for us to understand, you know what I'm saying? It's, I guess to me, I, it's, it's more hurtful because the kids grow up now being adults, having the repercussions of mm -hmm. what the adults did. Yeah. So when we, it's easy to judge a lot of people you see with a lot of mental health illnesses, but that stemmed from somewhere, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. their, their parents used or they was, you know, drinking. And now this kid comes out with these delays or, and they have to go through life. Mm -hmm. fighting the system, being in, you know, these special um, programs in the school or being labeled this right. because of the choice yeah. of a parent. I so that's why I was very strategic about when I had my kids. Um, I was married before both my kids by the same person. Um, I didn't want to curse at them or anything because that was done to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to do the triggers. You don't want to, it's triggers, you know, for you, yeah. I'm sure. And then it's like, well, I'm not going to do that to them because this is what was done to me my entire, you know. So, yeah, I get it. I, I know I know several people who've been abused and and you just know in their presence, you just know that they're off. You know that they're not right. You know that they were, uh, they as a kid probably just went off into a whole other world to just escape their reality. And they're still there. And you can tell you as an adult, tell. you know what I'm saying? You can just tell they just never came back. And it's hard. And now they don't even know how to function. Yeah, exactly. And, and and it's hard because they don't, they, it's almost like they were never, they never had the opportunity to come out of that to really function in a normal environment and function as a normal child and grow up as a normal human being. And now they're stuck there. And, and, and oftentimes misunderstood. So they don't give an op they're not given an opportunity to explore themselves being normal or even maybe, maybe not even knowing how to be normal, you know. So I get it. Trust, I know I know several people that way, and I just know that they're still there. You can just tell. It's like you can tell. Yeah, I just don't understand how. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, it's it's no joke, but yeah. I just tell people to persevere. Keep running after your goals. Yeah. Remember, you know, you with your pain, you still got a purpose. You can mm -hmm. still move. You can still, I tell, I always say this to people, you're not a tree. You can move. Yeah. You yeah. don't have to stay still. Yeah. You know, don't base it off, oh, well, my mother wasn't there. My dad wasn't there. Yeah. That's you not that your life. Right. You got to let that go. And you got to let it go. Control. You know, I always tell people, it's like, listen, you cannot, you can try your best and maybe you can thwart whatever they're doing, but you cannot stop people from doing what they're going to do. All you can do is try to combat it or just come back from it if, it if it affects you in a negative manner. You know what I mean? It's like how you're going to respond to that. But one thing you can't do is, is stop people from doing what they're going to do all the time. You just can't. And it could be the people that you love the most and it hurts the most. And you just don't understand how they can do that to you. But guess yeah. what? That's out of your control. And it's not for you to understand because it's more about them than you. It's, it's something that's going on with them that you can't get to. It's something deeply rooted in them that's got them messed up. To have them acting that way towards someone that they should be loving on and caring for. And, and, and a lot of times gave birth to. You know what I'm saying? But it's nothing you can do. 
it's nothing, nothing you can do because they're not they're not trying to get to the root of it so how can you you don't know if they don't know sometimes they don't know they know something's they, wrong but they ain't trying to get to the root they just take it out on you or normalize it in yeah. their minds you know in their minds and that's when you just get sociopaths and people who have no empathy and no feelings towards anything that they do you know yeah because it's a repeat cycle exactly it's normalized now it's no like oh, i know this is wrong i know this is wrong now it's just like this is what i do you know it's what it is people need help man people need help but look yeah. at you though look at you yeah. <laughs> but look at you right down here doing it i i'm again you guys keep just keep pushing. Um, I always knew that I wanted to come to Atlanta. Just didn't know when, how, and I just during the pandemic, I let God just move and mm -hmm. do what He was going to do. Once my daughter graduated from high school, we moved last year, and I said I want to pursue acting full time, and started getting in classes. I moved again. You guys moved here from Atlanta, you know, from DC to Atlanta, got into them acting classes, started getting them, got that headshot, them headshots that week. My real, it's nothing stopping you, you guys, but yeah. you like That's do it. it. This, this city has so many resources that you don't have to wait on people. Mm -hmm. I hear a lot of people say, I can't wait to get booked. I said, you live in Atlanta and you're waiting to get booked. Why haven't you hired some type of production team that can do a reel for you so that they can see you act? Oh, I didn't know you could do that. I said, see, that's just, that's why I tell people to pray and let God lead them. When I got down, he led me to everybody that I needed. I have over eight reels now. Yes, indeed. Listen, 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 listen. And you just are starting out and you got eight reels. You got people in the game that don't even have a reel. They've been, been in the game for a minute. Don't even have a reel. Years. Man, listen. And I be saying to myself, like, you and you been here how long or you've been acting how long? You don't want it bad enough. Right. You have to want it. And when I keep my why in the back of my head of why I want it, I go so hard for it because I understand, again, my DNA. Yeah. I get my DNA said I can't. I remember the people that told me I can't. Oh, you might be just like your mother on drugs. You ain't going to be nothing. I was a teen mom. I had my son in the 12th grade. I was told all types of stuff. But I was the first out of my family to graduate college. Mm -hmm. They didn't even think I was going to graduate high school. Right. So you have to set up in your mind. It's not about what they say about you. You can't allow that to attach to you. Those words, they're, they're your words. They're not mine. I'm not going to hold tight to what you think of me. So I've always put it in my head of what does God say about me? And then I keep going because I know what God said about me. When I came out the womb, I knew I would, the way I fought coming out. I said, oh, oh I'm a fighter. <laughs> when, my, when I went back and when I was doing my book and I had to talk to my, my aunts and all of them. And they told me the story and how my mother left me, abandoned me in the hospital to get back on the streets to get her high and how I was fighting and I literally was in the hospital for six weeks. I said, enough said. That's why I go so hard. I came out fighting. Yes, and God says you're an actress and we about to see you work. Let's get into this reel. <laughs> That's it. She was 15 miles from their house when her husband was murdered. Be that as it may, the footage placed in evidence is hazy. She is blood type O. The blood at the scene, AB positive. The most rare blood type. And who else has that blood type? Everything that I needed in my life is now gone. Cresha, we will get through this, okay? 
I swear to God, we'll find out who did this. It doesn't matter. He's God. If there was a God, where was he? You sell your personal products to the company clients. It is an upsell. And whose side are you on anyway? Okay, okay. But I'll 15 minute break is up. You don't get to do this. I've done and helped you more than enough. You're ungrateful. Hey, get out of my house. Just go. Go. Just go. <laughs> and that was just a snip. I, I got like three more. <laughs> Man, listen. Listen, that's good work though. From an actor to an actress, that's good work. And you Thank just starting you. out. You just starting out. Look at you. I'm telling you, listen. Keep going. Keep doing you. Keep doing you. That's good work. For real. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man. It's fun. It's a journey, but it's fun. It's fun, right? It's fun. It's fun. Yes, indeed. You tap into a whole nother realm when you get into this act. I tell people, man, like the like the most magical place is being on set. It is. It's like nothing else matters. It's just a different feeling. It's a different energy. It's just. Uh, when I, it's when, just different. Yeah. When they say rap, I'll be like, damn. <laughs> Back to reality. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just. Different. Yeah. It's just different. You just know. get to tap into so many other characters. Maybe it's somebody you wanted, you wish you could be, but because of life, you can't be that. Yeah. You know? Yep. So you get to put on that other, you know, role and be yeah. and, and embody that. I'm you, like, you know, hey. it's, it's like you really you you you're given I don't want to say permission because we do what we want to be and we be who we want to be and do what we want to do, but it's almost like it's like it's a safe space for you to be a child again and not be judged for your childish ways. <laughs> and and lack, yes. of better, lack of a better example, like that it really is like Okay, be a child. We're gonna pay you to be a child and act foolish or act this way and pretend because it's just it's child's play. It re it really is child's play. Yeah, and you get to enjoy it and get paid for it, make a living doing that, and it's just magical. It's magical. It's magical. It really is. Hey, when you wrote your book, what self discoveries did you make? Cause you, I know you got to do a lot of digging to write a book, and you, I'm pretty sure it's like a self analysis. It's almost like you, you're sitting on a couch with a with a therapist, talking it out to write a book like that. What type of self discoveries did you make? So, I realized that I still had a lot of abandonment issues, uh -huh. and I thought I forgave a lot of people, and I didn't. When you don't see people, it's easy for you to say, I forgave them, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I forgave that person. But you don't see them. Yeah. If they in your presence, it comes up. Mm -hmm. So when I was writing the book, I also hired um, a life coach at the time because I had a book coach who was helping me with the book. And I realized, like, I think I'm going to need some added assistance because I'm going to have to dig so deep. Mm -hmm. And God led me to the life coach who helped me to tap into those arenas to say, Lonnie, you're still holding on to them. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of releases that I had to like really give up in order for me to move on and leave it there after those emotions came up I wrote that part of the book and leave it there and not consume it with me. Yeah. Right. So that was the the most, you know, discoveries. And also for my mom, going back to ask my family members, her sisters, her brothers about her, because honestly, you guys, we don't know our parents as much right. as we think we do. 
You know, yes, they are they're our parents, they are mom, dad, but we don't know them. Yeah. And having those conversations, I didn't know half the stuff that went on in that in my mom's household. Back then, you know, they had large families. Mm-hmm. You know, she had a lot of siblings. You know, I didn't know my my grandmother was an alcoholic on my mother's side. Didn't know that, you know, all this abuse and certain that stuff happened. Had no idea. My mother started drugs at 18, strung out at 18. That was the thing. Heroin was the thing back then. Yeah. So just, that was the discoveries. So that actually helped me to forgive my mother more because now I started to understand her story. Right. And you understand the bloodline and then you understand some of the things that you know, maybe you don't even realize, but then it's like, oh, maybe that's why it's this way or what this happened or how I am and certain things and how I handle certain things. It's a bloodline. Yeah. And it gives you some clarity. And I love how you said that. It's like, you don't really know your parents because you know them when they were, after they became a mother, after they became a father. That's a, that's a totally different person. Totally different responsibilities. Totally different type of you know, love if that's there. You know what I'm saying? Like before that, because a child can, it, a lot of times it changes people. It does. You know, men it who really run does. the streets who's hard and whatever, whatever. They, they like, listen, I got to be a father now. I'm going to calm this down. I'm going to be at home. You didn't know that dude that was running the streets, thugging or cheating or whatever he was doing. You didn't know that man, you know? And then they, yeah. don't try to, they don't want you to see that because they don't want you to be jaded, influenced, whatever have you. You're not supposed to see that side of it. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. But I think parents should have certain conversations about their past so their, their kids can understand who they are. So, again, a lot of times the stuff that our parents do, even the good parents, even the parents that were the, the kids who grew up in the two-parent households, mm-hmm. you know, because they parent a certain way, too. Yeah. Don't, you know, I don't want you guys to get it twisted, like <clears throat> only people who grew up in a project, so maybe somebody didn't have a parent only goes through childhood trauma. Right. There's a lot of people I knew who grew up in two-parent households who still seen trauma. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they're, they're, they went through their own little stuff, but the kids who grew up in that still did not know their parents. Mm-hmm. If their parents were more truthful to say, this is what I went to, now you can understand why mom stayed with dad through the domestic in the house because her mother did it. Yep. Yep. Or why mom yep. stayed with dad after he cheated or had another baby out of wedlock and whatever have you. You just don't understand those things. But, you know, some people are taught that, you know, you just don't break a family up. Some women are taught that. Some women are, you know, trained. Like, listen, I don't care what he does. You don't break that family up by their parents. By their parents. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then when dad goes out there, cheat, got another baby on the way. And mom stays and people are ridiculing her in public because they didn't heard the news, but she's sitting there taking it and staying to keep the family together. You don't understand that unless you're told. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's real. And if you don't tell, guess what happens to your child? That's another cycle of abuse. Exactly. Because then they may go through it too because sometimes as parents we say, well, I don't want to share that because I don't want to open the door, but you sharing it could have broken the curse. Yeah, the curse and just just kind of giving them a, a, a reasoning behind it because now it's like you're putting that child in front in the front row and they're seeing this and then they go through something similar to that later on and it's not, it's, it's, it's more toxic and they should get out of the situation. They don't. Because they saw mom stay. You know what I'm saying? Mom's situation yeah. might not have been toxic. It's just that dad cheated and had another baby and she stayed. But then your situation could be your husband cheated, 
baby he mentally abusing you maybe physically abusing you all types of nonsense ridiculing you killing your self-esteem but you stand because you saw mom do the same thing yeah. but it wasn't the same situation but if you had some 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 insight on why she was that way and the situation i mean of course that's grown folks business but just some a little bit more insight of why then maybe you could be like okay I get what mom was doing, but nah, this is different. Let me go. It's different. Yeah. Up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But well, listen, man, I appreciate you coming on here, sharing your story, sharing your talents. Listen, you got gifts. Just keep honoring God with them gifts. Keep yes. sharing your talents. Keep staying strong, blessed, positive. Keep pushing forward, man. You're here for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Like, for real. You came down here during COVID. Like, that's what else, it. What, what else to say? You know what I'm saying? Like, what else to say? What else to say? Look what else at to say? That's all I'm so saying. Look I'm excited to set tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yes. Living it out. Living it out. Living it out. Living it out. There it is. Yeah. All set. You're going to that magical place, girl. Go be a kid again. <laughs> Go be a kid. Go, Go be, be a kid. kid. Yes, indeed. Oh, man. Yeah, I can't wait to get back to set. I love it. Oh, yeah. I've been, you know, it's so funny because uh, you hear a lot of um, coaches or different actors or actresses say, don't do background work. Um and I do get the pros and the cons mm -hmm. of doing a lot of extra work and stuff. But I think people that's early on, I believe in processes and paying your dues and all. I do believe in that. Yeah. And some people need to be on set. Yes. Even if you're not being booked for first or second team, because Mm -hmm. Being background teaches you a lot, paying attention to detail, yes. you know, understanding the terminology that's being used on set, you know, getting what's a call sheet. You know, a lot of times new actors, they want, oh, I want to leave or I can't wait to get speaking parts. But you don't even understand the process. Don't even you can't do the background work right. right. Yeah. Don't know the don't know the etiquette. No nothing. Being on nothing. set teaches you so much. You the different styles of acting. Everything. Everything is different. Whether it's sci-fi, thriller, it's it's different styles. How how certain actors do things. You can learn how this actor does this and how this actor does that and, and understand why they did that. Talk to them. Dig a little bit. Learn their processes if they're willing to talk to you. Some are willing to talk to you. Some won't, but some, you know. It's just so much. So yeah, I definitely encourage, it, especially starting out. I did it. I did it for years yeah. starting out. Why not get on set? Then there's also opportunity that you might be moved up, especially if you're working with Tyler Perry. He does it all the time. That's what I'm at the ball. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like so, people, you know, I just believe in putting yourself in position. And sometimes you, you got to do it. Everybody's journey is going to be different. What worked for you may not work for me. Um, what worked for me ain't going to work for you. So I always encourage other new people coming in. You might get a coach that tell you, don't ever do, do background. Do one or two and that's it. Sometimes that's not enough because I've been on set with people who like, oh, I've been in the game for three years. And their mentality is so childish that you need to be doing background for the next year. Yeah. Because you you still don't know etiquette. You're late. You're showing up any type of way. You're not ready yet to you're be a first. You're running your mouth the whole time on set. You loud. You extra. Like, what are you doing? Shut up and learn. You know what I'm saying? Shut up and learn. And I'll say this to people who don't think they need to do extra work. You got a better chance of playing being on the bench than in the stands. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we got that part. So you just never know. You never know yeah. what can come out of it. So just, you know, of course, it'll run its course. Eventually, it'll run its course. 
you know, but get yeah, out of it what you can get out of it because you will see. Like for me, like when I started doing it, it blew my mind. Like, dang, they got a whole city in this this building. They got different sets, different like it's crazy what they can do inside of a building. You never have to step foot outside and film a whole show. Outside scenes, inside, I don't care what it is. Ain't that it's something? amazing. A it's whole amazing. city. Yes. It's amazing. A whole city. I be, I be on set like, <laughs> it's like a kid in a candy store, you guys. Like, yes. I, I'm like, we in a grocery store. Yes. We in Kroger's. Yes. I was <laughs> on the set of being Mary Jane and they had a whole city backdrop, whole big old wall. And it really looked like a city. And on camera, you can't tell the difference. Same thing. I did Dynasty and I said, that looks just like we looked out to, I, I was I was just like, wow. Yeah. And again, that's what I'm saying. Just being on set. Yeah. Some, to me, some coaches need to send their students, say, yeah, go. You need to understand how to apply what's being taught here yes. on set. The etiquette, listening, Yes. You know, listening is a big thing. I see so many people miss out on opportunities because they're not listening. What did they tell you to bring? Yep. They did not say this. Oh, you missed your second COVID test because you did not read the email. Yeah. It's the details, the simple details. If you can't do that, you're not going to ever make it to. You're not ready for lines. Right. Yeah. You're not ready. And it's okay, you know, wait your turn until you get whatever you need through the process. But back, you know, I've not been able to get a speaking role inside of a movie based off of my reels. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my people out there that's new, please invest. I'm going to say this, please invest in yourself, you know, with your headshots, professional, everything. Just think of top tier Wait till yeah. you get the money to get top tier. Do not go with, you know, your cousin who said they could shoot. They just yeah. got out of school. They got their camera. Do it right so people can take you serious. Yeah. I'm going ha- I'm to have to shout out my homeboy, Deja Ashwood. If you need a real, go holler at Deja. Auditions is his business name. Is his company's name. He does reels. It's, it's very affordable. He does great. He writes the script for you. He shoots it. He edits it. It's a one-stop shop. You can get it done and back in a day. Yes. He does headshots. He got acting classes. He got everything. You You got to invest. Like, you just got to invest, you guys. You can't say, well, I don't have the money. You're not serious. You're not serious. You got to... Cause what you gonna upload on the casting networks and stuff? Yeah. You, you gotta have these gotta have things. Something. You yeah. can't upload the extra work. You ain't talking. You ain't talking. Do? Don't do see <laughs> so, yeah. Go see my boy Deja Ashwood, y'all. Auditions on on Instagram or Deja yeah. Ashwood. Forty eight hour reels. 48, yeah, forty eight hour reels on Instagram. You can look them up on auditions. That's A W E D I T I O N S and Dejour Ashwood. D A J O U R Ashwood. Please hit him up. He did my self tape, and that's how I got my first booking for a speaking role, you guys. That's what's up. My man, Dejour Ashwood, Renaissance man. That boy does everything. (laughs) And, And a master at it. Yes. People can't do everything and actually do well with it. Yeah, he does well with it. Yeah, he does really well with it. So shout out Dejour and listen. Yeah, God bless you. Do your thing on set tomorrow. Let me know when I can see it, so I can support you. Let me know when your yes. other page is back up, so I can support you. May first. Huh? May first. There we go. I'll be looking for you. Hit me in the DM to remind me. You know that algorithm don't let you see everything. <laughs> thank you so much for this opportunity. I appreciate it. You guys out there, thank you for watching. 
And I hope I'm getting blessed by my story and hope it motivates you to just move and do what you need to do. Remember, you are not a tree, so you can get up and move. Yes, and if you're interested in classes, what's the website? Um, the dynastyinstitute.com and I serve ages eight to adults. So if you're looking for flexibility classes, um, tumbling, that's what I do. The book is in the link below. The website's link is below. Everything's below. All right. Y'all support Lonnie Grant. We are out of here, y'all. You know where I'm at every Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm here kicking it with someone like Lonnie for you guys. It's all for you. All right. Till next time. Peace. We out of here. Yes, indeed.